the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. And we know, of course, that God miraculously delivered the city of Jerusalem from the Assyrian army, killing 185,000 Assyrian soldiers in one night. That's recorded for us in Isaiah 37, 2 Kings 19. And even after that, the nation will turn away from God again. Even after that, when they're that close to being conquered by the Assyrians. I mean, if the Assyrian army surrounding your capital city doesn't make the nation turn to God and walk straight, what will? The Israelites had a history of turning away from God, even at the beginning, when God delivered them from slavery. While they were happy to be free, at the first sign of danger, they were blaming God for their difficulty. Then, for hundreds of years, there was a cycle of following God, then turning away from Him. God sent messages, warnings really, through prophets. One of those, Micah, Pastor Dan will be teaching about today. Micah was one of the last prophets before Judah was conquered and taken into captivity. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Micah, chapter 1, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. says, if you had known, even you, especially in this, your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes, for days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you and close you in on every side and level you and your children within you to the ground, and they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. Speaking of the destruction of Jerusalem that occurred in 70 AD. And so the way that Jesus responded was very similar to the way that Micah responded. And I think about us. And living in the days that we live in. And we see the way that our culture is going and we see the way that our country is going and knowing what the Bible says about the last days and what the Bible says about the signs of the times and what the Bible says about the tribulation that is to come upon the earth. And we see all of these things coming together with mind boggling speed. Like never before. In our lifetime. And it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to watch. It should cause us to mourn and to grieve. It's not exciting. If you've been a Christian for a while, if you've been a Christian for like 10 years or 20 years or more, you remember when end times prophecy was exciting to talk about and trying to figure it out and how all the pieces are going to come together and pull it. Do you read about this? Do you read about that? Oh, wow, I can't believe that. And that's going to fulfill that. And there was, there was a sense of excitement 
to end times prophecy and how it's all going to be fulfilled and how it's all going to come together. And it's not exciting in that way anymore. It's exciting because it's the word of God. Don't get me wrong. But there's a heaviness. There's a sobriety. There's a soberness. Because it's not so much speculation anymore. It's a lot less speculation. Where before it was like, whoa, this could, that, maybe that will be the mark of the beast. Maybe, uh, uh. How would they ever get everybody to take a mark? How would that ever happen? You know what I mean? There's a heaviness to it now when you read those prophecies. And what makes it even more heartbreaking to watch is knowing that if our nation would turn back to God, it would delay God's judgment. Just like with Micah. He knew if they would just turn back. They would be spared. God would relent. And it doesn't have to be this way. Micah knew that. Jesus knew that as he looked at Jerusalem. We know that. It doesn't have to be this way. As Micah looked at the nation going down the path of destruction, he knew it doesn't have to be this way. They would just turn back. And so there's a, there's a grieving that goes with this. And so he describes it here in verse 8 again. Therefore I will wail, I will howl. I'll go stripped and naked. I will make a wailing like the jackals in the morning, like the ostriches. Look what he says. For her wounds are incurable. For it has come to Judah. It has come to the gate of my people to Jerusalem. Her wounds are incurable. Israel's condition is terminal is the idea here. He says, look at the end of verse 9. That God's judgment has even come to the gate of Jerusalem. The capital city. Again, Micah is giving a prophecy here. He's speaking of something in the future that hasn't happened yet. It's going to happen soon in his lifetime. But he's talking about something prophetically for Israel and for Judah. And we know historically the Assyrians, again, 722 BC, they come in, they conquer the northern kingdom. And initially they don't stop there. They then come down into the southern kingdom. And they invade the southern kingdom and they're able to make it all the way into the mountains of Judea, into the mountains of Judah to the capital city of Judah and surround the capital city of Jerusalem. With their army. The Assyrian army is outside the gate of the city. And we know, of course, that God miraculously delivered the city of Jerusalem from the Assyrian army, killing 185,000 Assyrian soldiers in one night. And that's recorded for us in Isaiah 37, 2 Kings 19. And even after that, the nation will turn away from God again. Even after that, when they're that close to being conquered by the Assyrians. I mean, if the Assyrian army surrounding your capital city doesn't make the nation turn to God And walk straight. What will? So verse 10 now. God says. Tell it not in Gath. Don't let Gath find out. That the Assyrians. Will make it all the way. To the gates of our capital city. Don't let Gath find out about that. Gath was a Philistine city. Goliath was from Gath. David. 
said the same thing that Micah says here. He said the same thing after King Saul was killed in battle. Don't let Gath find out that our king has been killed. We don't want the Philistines to know that our king is dead because they may see it as an opportunity to attack us. And here with Micah, it's we don't want Gath to find out what has happened to us or how weak and vulnerable we really are as a nation because they may see our weakness as an opportunity to attack us. And so now what he's going to do is beginning in verse 10, the Lord lists several cities all the way down to verse 13. And these cities were all in the foothills of Judah. They're all in the Shephelah. Jerusalem is in the mountains of Judah. That's where most of the people live. That's where most of the cities are. And then on the coast, you've got the Philistines living in the coastal plain. The foothills between the hill country of Judah and the coastal plain where the Philistines live is called the Shephelah. It's about 40 miles long. It's about 10 miles wide. And here's what you need to remember about the Shephelah. It's a buffer. It keeps the enemy out. And you need those cities that are in the Shephelah. You need those cities that are in the Shephelah to keep the Philistines out of the interior of the country and to keep the Philistines away from your capital city. You need those cities out there protecting you as a buffer zone between the Philistines and Judah. Micah here, he sees this vision. He has this prophecy where he sees all these cities, all these cities that he sees in the verses we're about to look like, they're all in the Shephelah. And in his vision, in his prophecy here, Micah sees the future of all these cities, that in the future, they're all going to be conquered by the Assyrians. And so the Assyrians, they're going to conquer the northern kingdom, then they're going to come down kind of along the coastal plain and start attacking all of these cities because they know that those are that's the way up to Jerusalem. They're going to start defeating all of these defensive cities out in the Shephelah, which is going to give them a straight shot right up to Jerusalem. That's how they're going to surround the city of Jerusalem is they're going to conquer these other cities down in the Shephelah first. Micah gets a vision of this and this prophecy. that The Assyrians will conquer all these cities as they're on their way up to Jerusalem and Judah will not have their defense cities in the Shephelah anymore, meaning there's nothing stopping an enemy from coming into the interior of the nation and attacking. This should cause the nation of Judah to tremble. To hear a prophecy, thus saith the Lord, all your defense cities out in the Shephelah are going to get conquered by the Assyrians. That should cause everybody to say, Oh, that's bad. That's that's really bad. If that happens, there's nothing stopping the enemy from coming in and just conquering us. But it doesn't get a response out of the people. (laughs) Again, what else has to happen to the nation to get it to turn back to God? I mean, how much worse can it get? Now, with each city that's mentioned here in these verses, God uses the name of the city to make a play on words that's kind of lost in English. If we could read Hebrew, we would be rolling on the ground, laughing, reading these verses. But it's kind of lost in translation for us. But so verse 10. Tell it not in Gath, weep not at all. In Beth Afra, roll yourself in the dust. Now, Beth Afra means the house of dust. 
And so he tells the house of dust, you need to roll in the dust because of what's going to happen to you. Verse 11, pass by a naked shame, you inhabitant of Shafir. Shafir means beautiful. So beautiful should pass by a naked shame. The beautiful city will be brought to shame is the idea here. The inhabitant of Zainan does not go out. The word Zainan, it means to lead the way or to lead the way out. But when Assyria comes, they're not going to go out of their city at all. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. Beth Ezel is mentioned next. Beth Ezel mourns its place to stand is taken away. Beth Ezel means a nearby house. But again, after Assyria comes through, Beth Ezel will not be a nearby house for anyone. They're going to be destroyed. In verse 12, for the inhabitants of Maroth pined for good, but disaster came down from the Lord to the gate of Jerusalem. Maroth means bitterness. And when the Assyrian army comes through the land, Maroth will know bitterness. After Assyria is finished with them, verse 13, O inhabitant of Lachish, or Lachish, harness the chariot to the swift steeds. She was the beginning of sin to the daughter of Zion, for the transgressions of Israel were found in you. Now, Lachish means invincible. And Lachish was a fortified city. Again, it's out in that Shephelah. It sits in one of the five valleys that go up into the interior of Judah. And Lachish was like this military garrison, this fortified city that they had out there protecting them out there in the Shephelah, out there in the hill country. They had soldiers stationed there with horses and chariots. But when the Assyrians come, those soldiers are going to get on their horses and chariots and flee. And Lachish is not invincible as they thought it was. Lachish, it is, it is one of the most important cities in the defense of Judah. In fact, we talked about Nineveh with Jonah. In Nineveh, one of the kings of Assyria, after conquering Lachish, he created this carving on one of the walls in his palace that's in the British Museum now, and it depicts the whole battle of Lachish because it was such an important city to conquer. And 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 14, 2 Kings 18, verse 14. I'm just trying to give you an idea of how important the city was. When Hezekiah, the king, heard that Lachish fell to the Assyrians, he immediately sent messengers out to the Assyrians asking for a peace agreement. He knew once Lachish fell, 
like that's our last line of defense. Once Lachish fell to the Assyrians, I need to quickly make a peace agreement with them before they conquer everything. Because we're, you know, we're defenseless now. In fact, in verse 13, look at it again. Verse 13 says, Lachish was the beginning of sin. And what does that mean? That means the reason it says that is because Judah was trusting in her military strength instead of the Lord. Oh, they'll never get past Lachish. It's too strong of a city. We've got nothing to worry about because of Lachish. And then it's conquered. And Hezekiah is like, let's make a peace agreement. Right? They were trusting in their own strength instead of trusting in the Lord. Some trust in chariots, right? But we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. They were too confident in their military strength. And so verse 14. Therefore, you shall give presents to Morasheth Gath. Now, this is where Micah's from. Morasheth Gath. And the idea here is giving a departing gift to the people of Morasheth Gath because they're going to depart into captivity. You know, give them a departing gift because they're leaving. Verse 14 again, the house of Aksib shall be a lie to the kings of Israel. Aksib means deceitful or to lie. The fortified city Aksib, it was a lie that it was going to protect you from an invasion. Verse 15, I will yet bring an heir to you, O inhabitant of Meresha. The glory of Israel shall come to Adullam. Meresha means heir or inheritance. No one will inherit the town of Meresha is the idea here. And then Adullam in verse 15, do you see that at the end of the verse? The glory of Israel shall come to Adullam. Adullam is the cave where David first gathered with his mighty men. Way back in 1 Samuel chapter 22, verse 1. Remember all the distressed people in the nation gathered to David in the cave of Adullam. Remember that? What a great group to start out with. All the, all the distressed people and disgruntled people show up at the cave. But those men became David's mighty men. And did great exploits for the Lord. Now, we're told here that during the Assyrian invasion... The mighty men of Judah, who are here called the glory of Israel, they're going to flee to the caves of Adullam to hide. It's like the the reverse of David's day. And, and, And this is what will come upon Israel. This is what Micah sees in this vision from the Lord that's causing him to lament and weep and grieve deeply for the nation. And so what should Israel do? Well, he tells them in verse 16, make yourself bald and cut off your hair because of your precious children. Enlarge your baldness like an eagle or like a buzzard. For they shall go from you into captivity. Shaving your head was a sign of deep mourning. I mean, you guys should be broken hearted about it. You should be grieving deeply, if not for you, for your children. Your children are going to go into captivity. Now, just in closing here, turn with me over to James chapter 4. We'll wrap it up. James chapter 4, verse 4. You see a very similar 
instruction in James chapter 4, verse 4, he says, Adulterers and adulteresses. Remember Micah? God accused them of harlotry, spiritual harlotry. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Back in Micah, the people of Israel had turned to the gods of the nations around them. They'd become friends with the world. And here James says, don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scriptures say in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? The Holy Spirit is jealous for us. It's jealous in a good sense. Doesn't want us going after the things of the world. But he gives more grace. I love that. He gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. What is he doing? He's calling him to repent. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double minded. Lament and mourn and weep. That's what Micah is telling Israel to do. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. And look what it says. And he'll lift you up. He gives more grace. And back with Micah, if Israel would humble themselves, if they would do what Micah's telling them to do and lament and mourn over their sin and turn back to God, he would give them more grace. And he would lift them up. And maybe you're here and you have some sin in your life. Like ongoing sin. I mean, I know we're all sinners, but I mean, you've got some ongoing sin. Well, listen, if you'll humble yourself and you'll turn away from that sin and you turn to the Lord Jesus Christ, he'll give you more grace. He's already given you a lot of grace, but he'll give you even more grace. And he'll lift you up. And he'll forgive you of your sins. And the Bible tells us that he'll remove those sins from us as far as the east is from the west. But you have to turn. You have to call upon him. You have to ask him. You don't want to harden your heart like Israel did. And maybe there's been some things in your life where God has just been firing some shots across the bow. To get your attention. Don't harden your heart to that. Just like Israel. Whole, whole Assyrian army is outside our gate. Oh, well. It doesn't affect them. All these things are happening in the nation. Doesn't cause anybody to turn back to God. Don't be like that. Because what we see with Israel is that sin comes at a high cost. And it'll take everything from you. And leave your life in ruins. But if you turn to God, more grace. All the grace you need. And Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for the book of Micah. We thank you for the example of Micah and his faithfulness to you. We thank you, Lord, for your more grace that you give us. Just grace upon grace. Lord, we thank you that at any point we can turn to you and confess our sins to you and you're faithful to forgive us and cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. Just thank you for that. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. He asked me how I know and I
Thank you for joining us today. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Sexton on Ring of Truth. Pastor Dan has been opening up the book of Micah to us in this series. This book reminds us that God remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you have questions about today's message, or if we can pray for you, please take a moment to get in contact with us. We can be reached at 410-491-4592. Ring of Truth is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. We would love to see you in person if you're in the area. We meet Sundays at 8.30 and 10.30 and 12.30 p.m., as well as on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Check out our website for more information, calvaryec.com. Or you can ask for more information when you call. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. If you've been enjoying these studies from Ring of Truth, we'd like to invite you to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. You'll be notified each time we post a new edition of the show. You can also listen to more messages on our website. Again, that's calvaryec.com. That's all we have time for today. There's more to discover in this study of the book of Micah, so we encourage you to continue reading. Pastor Dan will be opening God's Word again next time you join us, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.